0: Thanks for popping on your headphones and joining us for an episode of Ballsy History, a podcast about big personalities and little-known stories. Settle in for a tour of the outrageous acts, incredible stories, and outsized characters that shape history. We're your hosts, Elizabeth, Elise, Elliot, and Maureen. We're glad you're tuning in. Today on our show, we'll learn about Cesar Lombroso's Biological theories of crime and the ways the father of criminology was the first person to make crime and criminals a specific area of study. Now more than 100 years after his death, there has been an upswing in studying the biological causes of criminal behavior once again. People will never tire of trying to determine the roots of a criminal's actions.
1: Cesar Lombroso, an Italian sociologist working in the 19th century, developed the theory of a born criminal, which highly influenced thinking about criminal behavior in the late 19th and 20th century. According to him, a criminal offender was actually a different type of human being and could be recognized by a variety of physical traits. Although many gravitated toward his ideas, his theories had a mixed reception overall. In fact, Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy met Lombroso and found his ideas so personally repugnant, Lombroso quote-unquote diagnosed Tolstoy with epiloid psychosis during their meeting, that he ridiculed them in the 1899 novel Resurrection with a Lombroso-esque character others referred to as a very stupid fellow.
0: In 1871, Lombroso was working as an army doctor after stints as a visiting university lecturer and head of an insane asylum when he was able to examine the dead body of Giuseppe Vilella, a man who'd gone to prison for theft and arson, and whom he had met while the man was still alive. Upon examination, he noted Villella had an indentation on the back of his skull that Lombroso thought resembled those found on ape skulls. This was his breakthrough moment, as he later wrote in his influential book, Criminal Man. At the sight of that skull, I seemed to see all of a sudden the problem of the nature of the criminal, an atavistic being who reproduces in his person the ferocious instincts of primitive humanity. Atavism was just one of his ideas. Simply put, it marked someone as an evolutionary throwback Thus were explained anatomically, he wrote, the enormous jaws, high cheekbones, and other features found in criminals, savages, and apes that corresponded to an irresistible craving for evil in its own sake.
2: Today we know you can't tell who a criminal is by just looking at them. But this idea gained popularity in the late 19th century for several reasons. And early criminologists seriously debated whether criminals had certain types of facial features. Many Enlightenment thinkers before him believed humans made choices and broke the law of their own free will. But Lombroso theorized criminals have an innate criminality they find hard to resist and this idea changed the way people thought about criminals. Followers of this new way of thinking wanted to remove born criminals from society rather than trying to reform them because they didn't think reform could work. Lombroso was combining phrenology and physiognomy, two types of pseudoscience that try to explain a person's personality and behavior based on skull and facial features, respectively. White men had used these pseudosciences to advance racist theories. And now, Lombroso was using them to develop the field of criminal anthropology.
1: Lombroso, as others before him, relied on racist stereotypes to define features he signaled out as indicative of criminality. Lombroso also laid out the types of facial features he thought corresponded to specific kinds of crime. In Criminal Man, he wrote, Thieves are notable for their expressive faces and manual dexterity, small wandering eyes that are often oblique in form, thick and close eyebrows, distorted or squashed noses, thin beards and hair, and sloping foreheads.
2: Even though there is no scientific data to support the false premise of a born criminal, it did play a role in shaping the field we now know as criminology. Though the premise of physical features corresponding to criminality has been debunked, its influence is still felt in modern debates about the role of nature versus nurture. For example, after serial killer Ted Bundy was arrested, people were surprised because the handsome law student didn't look like a killer. Translated versions of Lombroso's books spread his ideas throughout Europe and the US, just when social Darwinism, which twisted Charles Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection to justify certain political, social, or economic views, was taking hold. This idea that certain people became powerful in society because they are innately better has been used to justify imperialism, racism, eugenics, and social inequality at various times throughout history. One of the scholars who subscribed to his theories was a leading American sociologist named Charles A. Elwood who became president of the American Sociological Society in 1924. Lombroso's ideas were just what he was looking for. Elwood gushed, Lombroso has demonstrated beyond a doubt that crime has biological roots. Lombroso inspired others to perform studies of criminals in order to determine the criminal type. Ernest A. Houghton, an anthropologist at Harvard University, measured more than 17,000 people in the 1930s and concluded, Criminals are inferior to civilians in nearly all of their bodily measurements.
0: Still, his ideas about the criminal type outlasted him. When casting M, a 1931 movie about a child killer, filmmaker Fritz Lang said, my idea was to cast the murderer from what Lombroso had said what a murderer is, big eyebrows, big shoulders. You know, the famous Lombroso picture of a murderer. Notably, this was Peter Lorre's first big role, though many know him from later in his career in films such as The Maltese Falcon and Casablanca. Today, modern facial recognition technology, which is more likely to misidentify people of color, has again raised the specter of Lombroso's criminal type. In 2016, researchers in China published a paper arguing that they used facial recognition technology to pinpoint features that corresponded to criminality. They received a great deal of pushback and criticism. One of the study's flaws was its assumption that population of people convicted of crimes accurately reflects the population of people who commit them. Early criminologists couldn't have predicted modern facial recognition technology, but even they could foresee the moral problems it raises. Lombroso faced criticisms too, including that did not interpret his findings correctly, nor examined them critically. It is now widely agreed his findings were not accurate and do not support his idea of atavism and degeneration. Other ideas that found their roots in his work such as there may be physical characteristics that contribute to criminal behavior, are very much alive in criminology today. For example, the idea that genes and brain structure are related to criminal behavior has seen an increasing interest in the past few decades.
1: Lombroso opened the Museum of Criminal Anthropology in 1876. It is full of his collected specimens, including skulls, weapons, and other criminological relics. There are literal piles of skulls, vats of brains, carefully made wax death masks of murderers, rapists, and thieves, plaster casts of ears, showing degenerate shape characteristics, and drawings, carvings, poems, and songs by criminals. The museum also includes prison graffiti, photos and drawings of prisoners' tattoos, and tattooed patches of preserved skin. There are loads of murder weapons, including daggers, cleavers, ice picks, hatchets, axes, guns, and ropes. When Lombroso died, he left his body to be autopsied by a colleague, according to his theories, so his skull could be measured and his brain analyzed. The collection is topped off by Lombroso's own head, perfectly preserved in a glass chamber since his death in 1909. Thanks for joining us today on Balzi History. We hope you can join us again soon.